Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello, hello, welcome. Rock and roll. How the fuck are you? Thanks for joining us, everyone. It's good to see you. Tuesday, who's day? Who day? Who day? Hope you're doing well. What an absolute pleasure. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Good to see you there. Welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hope you've had a lovely day. I certainly have. Are you excited? Are you pumped? You shouldn't be. It's going to be very disappointing. Very disappointing. I like to lead people astray. First off, straight out of the gate. <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for sharing the podcast. If you do, if you don't, eh, thanks for being here nonetheless. But there's a little less sugar on that. Thank you. Little bit less sugar. Great day. Great day. Everyone's having a great day. Good. Jussie Smollett's having a good day too. <clears throat> we'll start off with a bit of that, but I really want to uh, dive into the media mea culpa as evidenced by the title of this show. Not leaving anything to chance, not leaving anything to the imagination, of course, as usual. Just before we get started here, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper, become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to accuse me of constructing a hoax hate crime and then let me off. You can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. So I don't, I'm really, I don't really want to talk too much about Jussie. Justice for Jussie. We've we've already done it. We did it before. I, I don't really, th- I don't know if I ever really thought that he would see the inside of a cell at any time anyway. <laughs> the, the main thing here is a B grade uh, actor got off and is allowed to do whatever the hell he wants. That's I think that's the moral of the story here. And who the hell could be, you know, who the hell could think that that is wrong? Let's be honest here. Hollywood people are the best people. They are better than us mere mortals, us, us mere peasants. And hopefully this relaunches his career into the stratosphere and his star will bright shortly, bright, shine brightly forevermore. Of course, that's all bullshit. Um, this is a little bit, I don't know who's, if anyone's seen this yet, this is a little bit of the top cop in Chicago speaking about this. Let's have a little look-see, see what he's got to say. <laughs> so listen, um, I'm sure we all know what, what occurred this morning. My personal opinion is that you all know where I stand on this. Um, do I think justice will serve? No. What do I think justice is? I think this city is still old an apology. And, and let me digress for a moment. When I came on this job, I've been a cop now for about 31 years. When I came on this job, I came on with my honor, my integrity, and my reputation. If someone accused me of doing anything that would circumvent that, then I would want my day in court, period, to clear my name. I've heard that they wanted their day in court with TV cameras so America could know the truth. 
But no, they chose to hide behind secrecy and broker a deal to circumvent the judicial system. Pretty strong words from the cop. Like, how often do, how often would the superintendent call a press conference with the mayor behind him? And this is how crazy it is. We're talking about Rahm Emanuel here, the mayor of Chicago. Like, this is not, this is not your stereotypical Southern Republican law and order type mayor here, <laughs> right? Rahm Emanuel. Even Rahm Emanuel feels the need to get in front of the camera and stand next stand next to his top cop in town because of this. So something about that tells me that the police had a pretty strong case, right? And you know what? This is the kind of shit that uh, makes it more difficult for police departments to recruit people and keep people. There's a, There's a lot of literature out there in regards to the police. And quite often we we tend to merge, we tend to mix the lines between the judiciary and the police service, right? But I think you'll find if you dig into it, when you hear stories about, you know, criminals getting light sentences, people letting getting off scot-free, a lot of times the police are more angry than the public are in these instances. Because they put in the hard work. They put their lives on the line every single day out there. They do the investigation. They collect all the evidence. They make sure that they've they've dotted their I's and crossed their T's. And then they put the case before a judge. The lawyers take over. And then next thing you know, bang, the guy's back out on the street. And the cops, that's what really hits cops in the guts. That's what really knocks them down. So I can understand the, the copper's frustration. And like I said, to even have Rahm Emanuel out there standing next to him, Rahm Emanuel feels the need. Rahm Emanuel doesn't think that the usual thing of, you know, being absent from a sticky situation. Uh, I support. Uh, the- involving, involving, you know, a celebrity or somebody of a minority status in Chicago, right? In Chicago. Like I said, this isn't a southern small town with a law and order mayor we're talking about here so even he feels the need to do the pr thing let's have a little listen to what ram's got to say the hard work of our police officers the defective units i like to remind everybody a grand jury indicted this individual based on a only a piece of the evidence that the police had uh, collected in that period of time so a grand jury actually brought the charges i think on two things i'd like to say or three things i'd like to say one on financial costs, this $10,000 doesn't even come close to what the city spent in resources to actually look over the camera, gather all the data, gather all the information that actually brought the indictment by the grand jury on many, many multiple different charges. Second is what I would call the ethical costs. And the ethical cost is you have, a, as a person who was in the House of Representatives when we try to pass Shepherd legislation that dealt with hate crimes, putting them on the books that President Obama then signed into law to then use those very laws and the principles and values behind the Matthew Shepard hate crimes legislation to self-promote your career is is a cost that comes to all the individuals, gay men and women, 
who will come forward and one day say they were a victim of a hate crime who now will be doubted. People of faith, Muslim or any other religious faith who will be a victim of hate crimes. People that of also of all walks of life and backgrounds, race, ethnicity, sexual orientation. Now this cast a shadow of whether they're telling the truth. And he did this all in the name of self-promotion. Rahm Emanuel, ladies and gentlemen, the Democrat mayor in Chicago. Imagine being Jussie Smollett now. The right hates you, obviously, because they're imaginary thugs on the streets of Chicago at two in the morning wearing fantastic red hats and screaming obscenities into the night. They obviously hate you. And now the left hates you too. (laughs) It's a tough spot for young Jussie. And once again, I think it's worth highlighting here that this was so egregious and so bad and the cops case was so strong why else there would there would be no other reason there would it, it would have to be watertight for the mayor a democrat mayor like Rahm Emanuel to get out and make these statements on tv it would have had to have been watertight no margin for error whatsoever yeah Nano in the chat saying his lawyer connected to Avenatti's uh people are talking about you know connections to Obama and that kind of thing I don't know. I guess that stuff will come out. But I just want to make a broader point. One about the police really hate it when the judiciary doesn't back them up and back them up in their work and it makes their work far more difficult in the future. And, you know, credit where it's due. Emmanuel there talking about how it's going to make it much harder for legitimate victims in the future, which is something that we've been saying over here on this side of the spectrum for years in regards to calling everybody a Nazi, saying everything is a hate crime, saying everything is a phobia, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that you're just going to make it more difficult for legitimate people with legitimate concerns to be heard. So I thought that acknowledgement at least was something. It's moving in the right direction. You know, people can say, well, he's only just saying that for politics, blah, blah, blah. That's fine, but the, the message is out there. The statement's out there. And it's pretty monumental when taken taken in context of the current political climate that we see right now today in the Western world, not just in the United States. But the broader point I want to make is here about the judiciary. And as, as best that I understood it, look, sentencing and getting into the details of cases is very, very complex. And sometimes sentences get handed down for things that look, for two crimes, say, that look identical on the surface, but there are mitigating circumstances and different circumstances that apply to one and another. And that isn't often explained to us in the public, why somebody, say, got 10 years for this and why somebody got one year for the for what seems to be the same thing. So when it comes to sentencing and stuff, it's very complex. But as a general broad rule, as best as I understand it, the role of the court system it's generally accepted. It's like an unwritten contract between us and the judiciary is that the the role of the judiciary is to reflect the values and the expectations of the public. In so much as, you know, what people are sentenced with, what people are prose- what people are prosecuted for and stuff like that, 
is is supposed to be generally a reflection of the of the broader values of the community and the expectations of the community of themselves you know the court system is there to not necessarily uh enforce the law that's the role of the police departments and whatnot the court system is there to reflect the expectations and the values of the community that it's in so in circumstances like this in this particular case i would suggest that the level of cynicism that people would have taking that into account can only go up and the amount of faith that people have in their court system can only go down and like i said when you've got the when you've got the top dog the top the top cop in Chicago standing next to the mayor. They didn't have to make this press conference. They didn't have to do this presser. Making the kind of statements that they made, then I would suggest that they understand at least, you know, in a in a non-cynical vacuum, they understand how precious that that bond between, you know, the community and its judicial system, the court system is and how tenuous it is and how things like this can do permanent damage to it in cities like Chicago where cynicism of the court system and policing more generally is already high and faith in the justice system is already low. And this is only going to make it worse. It's going to make it more difficult to police and it's going to make it more difficult for people like Rahm Emanuel to govern, I would suggest. Hence why they're out here on front of, in the front of the camera. Of course, this is the media mea culpa. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, We'll stay on the topic, but stick with the media. One of our personal favourites, Brian Stelter, thought he would stick his bulbous head into the discussion and say, well, you know what? We just, uh, it's all a big mystery. Uh, The Fox Network, the studio, the Empire cast and crew uh, all had his back, supported him very strongly. Uh, That continued as it became a mystery about what happened and whether he had made this up. The network continued to support him, but started to pull back a little bit in those public statements. Uh, Right now, there's no new comment from Fox, but this is a key part of the story, Nia, because uh, I I do think he just wants to get back to work. That's what a a friend of Smollett just said to me. He wants to act. He wants to get back to work. Good for He'd him. actually been taken off two of the episodes of Empire. I just, I just want to play baseball. I just want to play basketball. I want to put all of this. Brian Stelter is now doing the work of Jesse Smollett's PR team. You know, Jussie just wants to put this behind him. It was, it was an ordeal for everybody involved. Look, we can. See, I'm reminded of that Simpsons line when Homer forgets to pick up Bart after soccer practice. And he's like, he's like, son, look, we can sit here and talk about who forgot to pick up who until the cows come home. Let's just say that we're both wrong and that will be the end of it. <laughs> Jussie just wants to move on with his life. He just wants to act. I just want to dance. I just want to dance. I just want to play Carnegie Hall one day. I just want to play in the Super Bowl. Don't you get it? I just want to put all of this nastiness behind me. Think of the trolls. His future uh, as a Hollywood actor has been in limbo for the past few weeks. So his lawyers have been trying to get to this point so that he can return to work. Uh, So far, no comment from the network. But I do think we will see Smollett get back to work uh, because the (laughs) the narrative once again changed from victim, uh, you know, to villain. 
back to victim. It's been very confusing, as, as Ryan was saying. Uh, people don't know what to believe. And <laughs> I think that's, I don't think that's fair. I think people do know what to believe. Ever since they saw the footage of the two guys buying the red hats and the rope on camera in the hardware store. <laughs> When the top cop came out and said, made a press conference about the waste of money and the waste of resources and the insult that this character played on the police department of Chicago, I think people know what to believe, Brian. I think people know what to believe. <laughs> he just wants to get back to work. I like Brian uh, there. You know, he's almost acting like the talent scout, the talent agent for Jesse Smollett. Well, you know what? Jussie, Jussie is... Jussie, I think, is ready to get back to work. If you look at the last few weeks, he's played the victim. He's played the villain. <laughs> he can play it all. He can do the whole spectrum, baby. He can go through all the emotions. Bang, bang, bang. Happy, sad, angry, victim, villain, whatever. Whatever you want. He can be the murder, he can be the murder suspect and the victim at the same time. He is a genuine acting superstar, and the real crime here is that his career has been in limbo for three weeks while this this unnamed, mysterious ugliness has been circling around. That's the real crime here. Keeping this guy off the production lot in Hollywood is the real crime. Can we focus on the real crime here? We are all victims for having been deprived of Jussie Smollett's acting wizardry. I think that's the real thing here. That's what we need to focus on. Brian Stelter. Brian wants you to believe CNN. Brian wants a lot of things, I'm sure. I'm sure. <clears throat> All right. After the Mueller report dropped, confidence in the mainstream press dropped even further than it was before. After Mueller report, Mueller, Mueller, Jussie, Jesse, who gives a fuck at this point? What's the difference? News media leaders defend their work. We are not investigators. We are journalists. This is Jeff Zucker, president of CNN. And our role is to report the facts as we know them, which is exactly what we did, Mr. Zucker said in an email. A sitting president's own Justice Department investigated his campaign for collusion with a hostile nation. That's not enormous because the media says so. That's enormous because it's unprecedented. Actually, let's just, before I get stuck into this, um... The Michael Avenatti thing, I know you saw that Michael Avenatti was arrested, indicted and whatnot. The fall of the great hope, the great resistor, the great resistor. Chris Saliza, who works at CNN, tweeted this out the other day. Trump may have created the environment in which someone like Avenatti could be taken semi-seriously as a presidential candidate. <laughs> but Avenatti's fall also proves there is only one Donald Trump out there. So Chris Saliza goes on to essentially argue that it's Donald Trump's fault that Michael Avenatti was gracing our screens. Uh, I wanted to get a tally on that, so I went to the caller. Michael Avenatti appeared on CNN and MSNBC over 100 times in 10 weeks in 2018. So that's that's twice a day. He was averaging twice a day an appearance on CNN and MSNBC, 100 times in 10 weeks. Isn't that incredible? Well, if, twice a day if we're talking about weekdays, right? So, <laughs> under tires. It's all Donald Trump's fault, though. Donald Trump created the environment where Michael Avenatti could be taken semi-seriously. 
Michael Avenatti appeared on CNN and MSNBC over 100 times. Michael Avenatti should cut Donald Trump a check then as his booking agent. Or maybe perhaps Brian Stelter, <laughs> who's looking for a new career, I think. Media stares down reckoning after Mueller report underwhelms. Fox News host Sean Hannity accused CNN, MSNBC and the mainstream media of having lied for two years in his first tweet on Sunday after a four-page summary of special counsel Robert Mueller's conclusions were made public. Now they will be held accountable, he warned. Meanwhile, Donald Trump Jr. accused CNN, MSNBC, BuzzFeed and the rest of the mainstream media of, quote, non-stop conspiracy theories in a statement, while urging honest journalists within the media, assuming there are some, of course, to, quote, have the courage to hold these, these now fully debunked truthers accountable. We head down here. Some journalists have already pushed back on the weekend criticism given the issues, stakes and seriousness with which the special counsel treated all of this. The media's coverage of the Trump-Russia connection and possible obstruction over the last two years was somewhere between about right and not quite aggressive enough. We didn't go hard enough. We didn't push. <laughs> we didn't push the Trump-Russia connection hard enough in the corporate media. That was our real mistake. That was the problem. We didn't cover the story aggressively enough here in the in the corporate press. No. You know, you know what the problem was? We let Trump just skate by on all of these allegations, the connections, ladies and gentlemen. It's our fault. If there is to be anything that we can learn here in the corporate media after all of this goings on with the Mueller report, hey, we can sit here and accuse people. We can sit here and blame people about misreporting a potential outcome in a report until the cows come home. Let's just say that we're both to blame and that'll be the end of it. You know, just like it's Donald Trump's fault that Michael Avenatti appeared over 100 times on CNN and MSNBC in 10 weeks, it's also the public's fault that we we went down the, the specific path of predicting that there would be indictments in regards to Russian collusion because I, I guess that's just what you wanted. You just And if anything, we didn't go hard enough. We just didn't go hard enough. Speaking of Mia Culpa, uh, this guy who I've never seen before was on CNN begging CNN and others to just pull back and apologise and, you know, address the 10,000 pound gorilla in the corner of the room. Uh, you know, you're talking about the coverage of this and isn't a lot of the focus that this has gotten understandable given the president's own public comments, which. <laughs> <laughs> it's. <laughs> it's Trump's fault. It's Donald Trump's fault that CNN and others were talking about Russian collusion every day ad nauseum nonstop until our fucking eyes bled for the last two years. It's Trump's fault. Why should he tweet it? Why would Donald Trump tweet out something like this is a witch hunt? Like it's not our fault that we were talking about collusion because the, the fact that Donald Trump tweeted things out about the Russian collusion story made us believe that he was obstructing justice. <laughs> of... The focus that this has got yes, understandable, given the president's own public comments, which mm -hmm. have mm. led even Mueller to, you know, to point them out as yes. some of the reasons why obstruction was so much a topic that they were looking into because know, the statements by the president himself made it seem like he might be trying to obstruct justice. 
can you keep up with this? Can you keep up with this? So, okay, just, just relax. <sighs> Breathe. Usa. So let's let's follow this. Let's follow this objectively. The reason that CNN and and well, let's just talk for CNN. Let's just talk for Anderson Cooper here. The re- the reason that CNN was covering so vociferously and vigorously and aggressively the alleged Russian collusion plot was because Donald Trump himself would tweet out things about the investigation, thus making it appear like he was trying to obstruct justice in the investigation by calling the investigation a hoax and a witch hunt. Do you see how this works? The only only reason that we were saying here at CNN that Donald Trump is guilty of collusion with Russia for the last two years is because Donald Trump was tweeting about how he's not guilty of collusion with Russia. See how this works? I'm glad we sorted that out. Look, the the president's a pugilist, and I I don't think he helped himself by fighting back on this, but that's not the point. My my point is that I, since the 2016 election, I've been, I, I believe in a free and a, a media. The, the media is incredibly important in this country, and they're lo- <laughs> not saying in <laughs> losing the American people's faith. The, the, the ratings of trust in the media have been going down for 20 years. Right. It predates the president right. coming in, and we're at an inflection point here because a lot of Americans have been have been led to believe, for whatever reason, and a lot of it is from media coverage and shading and editors shading their coverage in a yeah. way that made it look like collusion was real. Hold people accountable for that. Come out and say we were wrong. Write some editorials. Uh, hold some uh, journalists accountable for mistakes they made. That would earn the American people's trust back. If we keep just saying, well, what about the president? All that's going to do is build right back into this. He was just exonerated for collusion. And the, the media needs to help, help themselves. I'm begging the media to help themselves earn the trust back of the American people at this moment. Uh, whoever this guy was, I want you to give him a round of applause for his last ever appearance on CNN. That'll be it. That'll be it now. His career's over. He's finished. I'm begging the media. Begging the media. Please. Please. Stop being so crazy. You need to come out and say, we got it wrong. We got it wrong. Joe Scarborough. Morning, Joe. One of my favorites. Uh, he took this advice on board. You'll be pleased to know, ladies and gentlemen, on his morning show. He he sat back and he thought to himself, you know what? Maybe we need to address this. Maybe we need to say to the the media watching population, small as it is, <laughs> shrinking as it may be, that perhaps in the pursuit of clicks and ratings and uh, you know, ever rising levels of hyperbole and pressure and tension in this hotbed environment with a commander in chief who gives us so much to jump from, so many platforms to jump off and construct. Maybe we got a little bit carried away. Maybe, just maybe, maybe we could have done it a little better if we have our time again. So, like I said, morning, Joe, Joe Scar, Joe Scarborough. Uh, he thought that's a great idea. So he went on his show and pulled this out of his ass. New York City. Good to have you all on board. So, so I was last night, I was watching some news. You shouldn't have done that. I finally. After, you watched the wrong news. After uh. watching <laughs> some, some, some of the most ridiculous it was, commentary. It was. I had it. A, a, an unnamed source tells me he was watching reruns of his own program. Enough. 
and I turned over for the first time in two years to American Masters, and I saw the incredible story. I didn't know it. Oh, no. Of Sammy Davis Jr. Didn't know. Sammy Davis Jr. Okay. Just late to be watching. That. Don't realize it was a little late. I was a little worked up though because I the commentary from people <laughs> who pushed the Seth Rich conspiracy murder. <laughs> so you did, can you see how he's lining up? Can you see how he's going to address his Mia Culpa moment on national international TV, ladies and gentlemen? Can you see what's being constructed here? Yeah, I don't have to listen to these wild accusations. People who ask questions about Seth Rich were attacking us. <laughs> I think I think he's re- I think he's really ready to accept some responsibility here, don't you? The commentary from people on journalism who've said some yeah. of the most vile things about women. They're all, the they're all sexist. things about immigrants. They're all the racist. Vile things. <laughs> the criticism that was coming at the corporate media and people like me, Joe Scarborough, was coming from Seth Rich conspiracy theorists, sexist and racist. <laughs> In defense of Donald Trump at all costs. Yes. Unbelievable. So I just pose this question to you. Here we go. I pose this question to everyone watching. He's he's look look at him, look at him looking right down the camera too with those eyes that are far too close together. Either now or later yeah. on the internet. What's that? What would you have had the media do over the <laughs> past two years? When- <laughs> what would you have had the media do over the past two years? <laughs> what what we couldn't do anything different. We couldn't have done anything different. We didn't do anything wrong. You sexist, you racist, you conspiracy theorists. What would you have had us do? How, how about this? How about not this? Does the public understand just how much trouble the president is in? To believe that the president how about don't isn't do this, compromised Joe? requires such a leap of faith. I think we have all the proof we need of a scandal that's uh, arguably worse than Are water. Are paying attention, do Joe? If there is still this belief and aspect right. that the president is... Joe Scarborough. I want you to know, I want you to know, I want, I pose you, I pose to you a question. If you're watching this or watching it later on the internet, I would like to pose a question. (laughs) What would you have us do? What would you have us do after two years of watching you make a complete ass out of yourself? With this conspiracy theory about Russia, what would you have us do? Are we not so? Are we not supposed to watch these little nice, little neatly packaged videos of you people making complete ass clowns of yourself daily over the last few years? Fuck it, I think we will. Here's what. Here's what I'll have us do, Joe. Working for the Russians, I can't answer that. The U.S. president possibly working for the Russians. Uh- possibly an unwitting pawn. So here's what the president said when asked if he was a secret Russian agent. The president did not directly answer the question. Why not just say no if that's the answer? There is tons of proof of potential collusion. We have dramatic evidence of collusion. How, how is it not collusion? How is all of that not collusion? <laughs> the collusion piece of this, piece by piece, starting to be built out. A political hurricane is out there at sea for him. We'll call political it hurricane. hurricane Vladimir, if you will. Donald Trump knows the noose is tightening. Yep. The noose is tightening. The, the noose, noose is, is tightening, tightening, if you will. The noose- Shout out to Jussie Smollett, a free man today. The noose is not tightening. <laughs> 
is tightening around the president. The noose is tightening, and I think they're shocked that the noose is tightening, the, and that people might go to jail. He knows he Ooh. and POTUS are going to prison. Well, I think they're all going to end up together in prison, and maybe that's a good Oh, my thing. God. You might be in legal jeopardy because of the Mueller investigation. Just keeps But going. are you scared that you could go to jail? Uh, the walls appear to be closing in on the, the walls president. Are closing the, in. the investigative walls are closing in. He feels the walls closing in. The walls are closing in. Trump resigns quote, once Mueller closes in on him and the family, uh, anybody that writes an op-ed and suggests that Donald Trump has is. not put himself directly in the target of an obstruction charge is just fooling themselves and some very, very stupid, ill-informed readers. What? That was Joe Scarborough. That was Joe Scarborough. Remember the guy who doesn't like taking criticism from the sexists, the homophobes, the racists, and the people who talk about Seth Rich? Remember him? Anybody who reads an opinion piece and doesn't think that Donald Trump is obstructing justice is a moron. Thanks, Joe. Stack of counts of obstruction of justice oh, that could be fatal to the Trump presidency. Fatal. The House is going to have little choice the way this is going mm. other than to start impeachment proceedings. Ah. The subpoena could relate to two areas of the probe yep. that might ultimately lead to Trump's impeachment. Ah. They are the kind of offenses uh, <laughs> that would call for impeachment hearings. If someone walked in my office and Mark. said I was a subject of a multi-year criminal investigation led by former FBI Director Robert Mueller, I'd wet my pants. Mueller reminds me of the <laughs> starfish which gets itself tightly around the clam and uses all its stuff to weaken and pry open the clam. Now what? this is a battle to the death <laughs> as far as the clam is concerned. If the starfish is able to open him even a little bit, he can get him open all the way and that's it of course for the clam. He's the starfish's lunch. <laughs> I prefer Attenborough for the, for the uh, documentary stuff. For the wildlife documentary stuff. As the starfish reaches over the clam, it uses all of its stuff to pry the clam open. The starfish is looking to feast upon the innards of the clam. Robert Mueller is the clam. No, Donald Trump is the clam. Robert Mueller is the starfish. The starfish is trying to pry open the clam just slightly. And if the starfish indeed begins to pry open the clam, then the starfish can open the clam up completely. What a main, what a lunatic. Chris Matthews auditioning for his future job as a documentary voiceover. The gazelle is running. The gazelle is running across the field and the lion is going to take a big chunk out of his ass. Robert Mueller is the lion. Donald Trump is the orange gazelle. No, nah, I still prefer Attenborough. I still prefer Attenborough. So if the media aren't going to walk this back... Because there's a lot of pride swallowing going on here, you have to see. Like, if you've staked your reputation for the last two years on Donald Trump will be indicted, and think about all of the occasions when people, not even Donald Trump, but other people, came out and said, it's not going to happen. The report is not, Donald Trump is not going to be indicted for conspiracy with Russia. You know, you're being completely unhinged. And then they would come out and say, oh, you just call everything you don't like fake news. <laughs> you're, just, you're just calling stuff you don't like fake news. What, you don't like the way we're reporting facts, right? So for two years, they've been beating that dead horse and then all of a sudden comes to an end.
in a puff of smoke. It's all over. The dream is over. And it's like, now what? Because any any kind of mea culpa moment is going to be followed by an inordinate amount of pride swallowing, which may leave them unable to breathe. And I'm not sure they're capable. I'm not sure they're capable of doing it. Brian Stelter, ladies and gentlemen. Let's have a look what Brian's got to say. Model, I'm an avid viewer of it. Because news headlines are ubiquitous these days. Our phones alert us to the news. So cable is more like a rolling talk show. Uh, letting people be a part of the daily debate about how our... Cable is like a ro- rolling talk show? I thought you just reported the facts. Here at CNN, we just report the facts. It doesn't matter if Donald Trump likes it. Donald Trump and his whacked out red hat supporters, they just call everything they don't like fake news. That was the story last week, remember? Our country should be governed and how our world should work. Now, it's, good now it's just a rolling talk show. Thing. Interesting. Some of the talk shows are really smart, but the bad thing is when folks mix up the talk ah. with the news. Ah, I see. The problem here is the people watching are just too stupid to be able to separate reporting from opinion. Yes, it's your fault. It's your fault. Didn't you? Isn't that? Yes. Finally. Finally, we get to the bottom of this vast and never-ending shit show. The whole problem is that it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that, damn it, some folks, they just can't tell the difference between reporting and opinion. Ah, see, now you're getting it. Jennifer Briggs, everybody's in the chat like, ah, now I see. Yes, you're, you're just too dumb. You don't understand. You don't understand the intricacies, the differences here. I will plug this video one more time if you haven't seen it. Um, I made a video a while ago called, if you go onto YouTube and look for the complete deconstruction of Jim Acosta, and we go through Jim's reporting, quote unquote, because we're so stupid, you know, because people are so stupid. I thought, well, let's 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 work this out. Let's work out the difference between reporting and opinion. And it is it is irrefutable that Jim Acosta on CNN, the chief guy, the number one stone thrower, the grenade thrower, the guy who shits in his hand and throws it at politicians daily. It was clear without any doubt that he is a an opinion guy who masquerades as a reporter. And even from sentence to sentence, you know it. I forget the I forget the exact quote, but if you watch the video, you'll see it. Uh, he's standing out the front of the White House in a particular video we watched, and he said, it seemed like there was a cloud of confusion hanging over the White House today as Donald Trump addressed questions about Russia. But of course, a reporter would say, Donald Trump today addressed questions about Russia. The There appeared to be a cloud of confusion hanging over the White House. That is not reporting. That is opinion. So I'm glad Brian Stelter is telling us that the lines are blurred between reporting and opinion, and we're just too stupid to figure out the difference. Lucky we have people like Jim Acosta blurring those lines daily and calling it reporting. Because otherwise we wouldn't be able to blame the viewers for our own fuck-ups. Let's carry on with Bri Bri. Some of the talk shows are really smart, but the bad thing... Actually, we should... He, he deserves it. Let's play his little... The Weekly Stelter. Excellent. It wouldn't be the same unless we play his little clip. Let's carry on. 
is when folks mix up the talk folks. with the news. Uh. And sometimes we do let it get too blurry. Mm. So let me take this on. Uh, partisans on the right are already claiming the end of the Mueller probe vindicates all their prior <laughs> positions. And they are saying the media, the evil media, was wrong all along. <laughs> do you see do you see what he does here? Now, re- people, folks on the right are already reporting that the media was wrong. Folks on the folks on the right are reporting. I want to take you back to <clears throat> pardon me. March last year, 12 months ago, ladies and gentlemen, reliable sources, 12 months ago, this video came out on the 4th of March in 2018. Okay, so remember, today, folks on the right are saying that the media got it wrong. Okay, so let's hear about what Brian Stelter thinks about folks on the right. Remember, folks on the right are too stupid to understand the difference between reporting and opinion. So let's wind the clock back. Let's rewind the tape. To, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that they leave these old videos up. Let's rewind the tape to March in 2018 and see what Brian Stelter himself was saying then about the Mueller probe and folks on the right. Robert Mueller's probe seems to be broadening in various countries and ah. at the same time tightening in on members of President Trump's family. But the more Mueller discovers the more Trump's TV boosters have to deny, deny, deny. (laughs) The clam is being strangled by the starfish. The starfish just needs to reach over the clam and pry it open. Once he pries it open a little bit, he can reach inside the clam and pull out the pearl. The pearl of wisdom. Look at the Chiron. Pro-Trump media in denial about Mueller. Ladies and gentlemen, we just we just watched a clip of the anti-Trump media being in denial about Mueller. <laughs> the worst things look for Trump's inner circle, the yep. worse the deflections get. Oh, it's a deflection. For example, look at this new CNN poll. It finds that 61% of Americans believe the Russian investigation is a serious matter. But if you're watching Fox, you're hearing the opposite. Ah, it's all Fox News's fault. They're in denial. We've been hearing about Russia nonstop. This is denial. Literally nonstop for more than a year. Tucker, Tucker Carlson clearly in denial. Almost no information has come out to justify the obsession. None has come out to justify the claim that there was collusion. Mm-hmm. And most Americans are no longer interested if they ever were. Do you see the banner he's using on screen there? <laughs> Tucker's banner says, <laughs> Do you see? Americans don't care about Russian meddling. But do you, see, do you see the banner you're using there, Brian? pro-Trump media in denial about Mueller? <laughs> let's let's go back to our first little clip. We have to do this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brian. I can't let you off the hook. I think that's a good thing. Some of the talk shows are really smart. But the bad thing is when folks mix up the talk yeah. with the news. Yep. And sometimes we it's do terrible, let it get it? too blurry. We do. So let me take this on. Uh, partisans on the right are already claiming partisans. the end of the Mueller probe vindicates all their prior positions. <laughs> and they are saying the media, the evil media, was wrong all along. Donald Trump Jr. is tweeting out messages like this. Collusion truthers, nice. he says, accusing the press of pushing a narrative against his dad. But Jr. is making a rookie mistake. Mueller's assignment was to get to the truth about Russian interference. <sighs> now, did many commentators and Democratic politicians allege collusion? Yes. Uh-huh. Did many journalists ask about it? Yes. But what? there is a giant difference between asking and telling. Right. Oh, okay. 
because fuck me dead, fuck me flying, I could have sworn that I just saw a Chiron on the bottom of your show 12 months ago that said the pro-Trump media was in denial about Mueller. That doesn't ask if the pro-Trump media is in denial about Mueller. It says it. You're just saying it, right? The banner he's used on 12 months ago. Tucker's banner says Americans don't care about Russian meddling. But again, the CNN poll shows that's just not true. Oh, the CNN poll must be true. Data. Uh, it shows that 72% of Americans are very or at least somewhat concerned about foreign interference in U.S. elections. Yep. 70% are concerned specifically about Russian-backed disinformation campaigns, mm. the kind of campaigns that are still going on today. Yeah. But again, Greg Gutfeld over... The, the kind of campaign that was going on 12 months ago on CNN by the looks of it. Fox claims nobody cares. Everybody wants this story to move on, except for the people who don't want it to move on. And it's the election losers. But now this is their Benghazi, right? This is their uh -huh. thing. It's paper thin, but they're clutching on it hard. I think that's fascinating. Paper thin? Paper thin. Again, only if you're not looking at the paper. The paper is piling up, Greg, in the uh -huh. form of indictments <laughs> and subpoenas. This is just an incomplete list of what's happened so far. And every day there's news stories about what Mueller every is day. finding, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's why Sean Hannity has fallen back to... to I, uh, I guess... Uh, the, he, I, I, think he, I think he just kind of breezed over. He must have breezed over all of the indictment stuff when he just said, et cetera, et cetera. Each one of those et cetera's was an indictment for Trump Jr. and Donald Trump himself, I think. Finding, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know, maybe cetera, that's why Sean Hannity has fallen back to, to this. What, to what? Now remember, this whole witch hunt was supposed to only be about Trump-Russia collusion. That evidence does not exist all of this time. Someone please, so Sean, the original letter from the Attorney General's <laughs> office appointing... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Stelter. Isn't he wonderful? The job of the nation's news media is to ask, to question all sides, to scrutinize all sides, to report on opposing points of view. Right. And to only take the side of truth and decency. Right. Someone should tell Jesse Waters that. Oh, 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 making some mileage, making some mileage out of Jesse Waters. Only reporting truth and decency. That's, that's what we like to see in the corporate press, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we want to see. Uh, that he may be the first president uh, in quite some time to face the real prospect of jail time. Do you agree with Congressman Adam Schiff, who is going to be the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, that President Trump could be uh, indicted and possibly face jail time after he leaves office? Yes. If we do the investigations, the information is there. We're fiddling while Rome is burning. This president needs to be impeached. I wouldn't be surprised after all of this is said and done that some people end up in jail. You know, and I think they're shocked that the noose is tightening they and are. that people might go to jail. Shocking. You're exactly right. For the that rest of their lives. No, I think they're all going to jail. But you think some people are going to wind up in jail, not just one individual, but people, plural. Is that what you're saying? Yep. That's my impression, yes. It's yep. not out of the question that a uh, Senate could convict on impeachment mm. charges. He has no idea that right. he's going down. It certainly <laughs> looks uh, like they are the kind of offenses uh, that would call for impeachment hearings. Absolutely, I think he can be looked at and perhaps even charged with obstruction of justice. But at this point, uh, you're confident that at least some Trump associates will wind up in jail. If I was betting, I would say yes. Do you think at the end of the day well, you lost all your fucking money then, didn't you, chump?
There you go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was... The Weekly Just one more very quick one for you here. Surely somebody running for president, like Senator Cory Booker is, isn't he? Is Cory Booker running? I don't know. I've lost count. But surely somebody running for president like Cory Booker would now obviously see the folly of pursuing this angle. Understanding, of course, like Brian Stelter explained, that the whole problem is that people are just too stupid to figure out the difference between reporting and fact. And it's all, you know, it's all a right-wing conspiracy theory to suggest that the media has got this wrong at any stage in the last two years. I mean, Joe Scarborough, what would, what would you, what the hell were we supposed to do? What the hell were we supposed to do? It's not our fault. It's your fault. It's Trump's fault. <laughs> so surely uh, an educated, upstanding young man such as Cory Booker with his eyes on the White House prize would be smart enough to now walk back from this, to walk away from this, and perhaps readdress his previous claims and reposition himself in something in somewhat of a more, would you say, less unhinged fashion. Be the clam. Let's see what he's got to say for himself. Well, let me press you on that, because I think in the case of the Mueller probe, uh, Bob Mueller did not find a chargeable collusion conspiracy. Well, that much we know. And let's look at, at Senator Booker. I don't know if you'll get like Jay Sekulow on me. I don't know. We'll see what happens. For a guy on a good news day, he yeah. had his feelings. Yes. Uh, but I want to press you on this, sir. So funny. Here's how you described it uh, as recently uh, as, as 2017. Look. Please. We're, we're at a point in American history where we're seeing a lot of dots uh, that are that are seem to be directing us towards a real problem oh. and potential collusion because there, there continues to seem to be smoke um, uh, uh, that might result in an actual fire. In other words, uh, real collusion going on between us uh, and the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union hasn't been around since... <laughs> Fucking Soviet Union. Donald Trump really is a time traveler. He's, he's gone back and talked with Gorbachev. We're going to bring the United States down, brother. We're going to do this. Donald Trump and Joseph Stalin kicking back, enjoying a vodka, a Russian vodka, as they look over the burning fields of the Ukraine. <laughs> we can bring the whole American shit. We can bring the American shit show to its knees, Donald. About 70 or 80 years from now. So the Soviet Union's to blame. Uh, but did you see, even back then, so this was in 2017, he was at least using qualifiers, right? He was smart enough back then to use qualifiers. If you listen carefully, he was saying potential collusion might be a problem, could be. That's what I would do because, you know, it's pretty stupid to leave yourself no out, Right. You always want to leave yourself an option if things don't fall your way to say, well, I was I was posing it as a potential outcome, not as an outcome, right? So you can say, well, I've maintained all along that if there is potential collusion and if potential allegations and possibilities of allegations were proven correct, then we do this. But I never said that it actually happened. That's what he was doing back then. He was smart enough to get that. So I was like, tip of the hat, Cory Booker, well done. So... <laughs> Now, now is the opportunity to cash in on that foresight. 
Now is the opportunity for Cory Booker to, to make that statement, to make that clear. So what does he do? He does the opposite. <laughs> Real collusion going on. First of all, besides the fact that I did a flashback there and called it the Soviet Union, not Russia. <laughs> I'm glad you just were going to gloss over that and give me a pass. <laughs> well, real collusion going yeah. on, you said. Do you now have to revise that to say not chargeable collusion? Again, when I have a attorney general, who, in my easy. opinion, is suspect, filtering uh, a report that I have not seen, uh, I'm not willing to conclude anything yet. <laughs> but AG Barr, I'm not willing to conclude anything except the attorney general can't be trusted. <laughs> it's AG Barr's fault. It's AG Barr's fault. Yep. Absolutely wonderful stuff. Do you want to see the clam thing one more time just before we go? Why not? Let's see the story about the clam one more time. Then we'll rock and roll. Chris Matthews. Whoa, what did we do there? There you go. For impeachment hearings, if someone walked in my office and said I was a subject of a multi-year criminal investigation led by former FBI Director Robert Mueller, I'd wet my pants. Mueller reminds me of the starfish which gets itself tightly around the clam and uses all its stuff to weaken and pry open the clam. Now this is a- why does he always look so angry all the time? I mean, look at that! Look at that face! <laughs> It's like he's just bitten down on a lemon thinking thinking that it's an apple or something. <laughs> oh, God. God. Robert Mueller is the starfish. Donald Trump is the clam. Director Robert Mueller, I'd wet my pants. Mueller reminds me of the starfish which gets itself <laughs> tightly around the clam and uses all its stuff to weaken and pry open the clam. Now, this is a battle to the death as far as the clam is concerned. If the starfish is able to open him even a little bit, he can get op- him open all the way. And that's it, of course, for the clam. He's the starfish's lunch. <laughs> So as you can see, there will be no mea culpa. I think a a perfect way to finish the show today is by showing that the media are so unhinged and so detached, the best life and death analogy that 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 clown could come up with was a starfish and a clam. It's like, wow, you think think the, the epic battle that goes on through the ages between starfish and clam is worthy of a life and death analogy? Surely there are more vicious animals on planet Earth than the fucking starfish, man. (laughs) Surely the struggle for survival of the clam versus the starfish. Can't you do better than that? Like, I don't need any more evidence that we are dealing with the absolute bottom of the barrel. Like, we 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 are ripping our fingernails off, scraping the bottom of the barrel for journalistic talent. If the best analogies that they can come up with for life and death situations are fucking starfish and clams. I'm sorry. Looks like the clam won. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. As it, as it shows here, there is there will be no mea culpa moment. They are just going to move on to the next thing. But were you surprised? Are you surprised? Did you think there was going to be any mea culpa moment? If you're interested in this topic, by the way, um, I'll be on with Chris Mack, I think, tonight at 10 o'clock. I think he does his show. And we talk about, you know, the the effect of the releasing of the Mueller report on the press, but the Democrats as well, what it means for them moving forward. So if you're interested in that, uh, follow Chris Mack at Chris 
MC44 on Twitter or on Periscope. And I have a chat with him later tonight. If you'd like to become a supporter of this show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And if you would like to pry me open like a clam, be my starfish, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. It's going to be interesting to see how this all just continues to unravel. It's like so many stories are hitting us all at once. There's so much happening all at once. And I think 10 o'clock for Chris Mack. I'll be on roughly the same time as I was today. I think it was like 4 o'clock. So thank you very much. Thanks for joining us. But, yeah, it's there's so much happening all at once. And it's the people whose job it is to maintain an aura of control over what we think, what we see, what we perceive to be real and unreal have fallen so far in our, you know, in our perception of, you know, in, you know, in, in terms of credibility that it really is all up in the air right now and they're flailing and they really don't know how to handle it. And it's a beautiful moment. It's beautiful to just sit back and watch. And I look forward to many more moments like this that we can share together and be like the glam. <laughs> so thanks everyone for joining us. Till next time, guys, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. East Coast time. East Coast time. Thanks, guys. See you tomorrow. I'll see you tonight on the Mac Files if you're around. them squirm like the starfish they are. All of the links I used today will be in the show notes. There's about a dozen of them. So if you want those little videos of people going absolutely batshit crazy on international TV, check the show notes on the Podbean website. They'll be in, des- in the description of the podcast so you can share them around and enjoy yourself. Okay, guys. See you later.